Deplorable Nation, a podcast where your voices can be heard, where things that affect you and your family are important, because it's important to all of us. Every one of us matters, and everybody has a voice. We're going to be bringing you news, current events, and throw in a lot of humor, and then you decide for yourself. of Deplorable Nation. I'm your host, Deplorable Janet. Today is lucky episode number 86, Shadow Love. I have a very special guest today, but I also want to tell you about a fantastic deal that you can get. If you go to SiriusCBD.com, that's Sirius, S-I-R-I-U-S dash CBD.com, you can save up to 50% off of the entire site right now until the end of March. It is full spectrum. It is uh, broad panel tested and there is a 30 day money back, no questions asked, guarantee, best CBD on the planet. So go check it out and help out my friend Justin over there. So today I have a beautiful, lovely guest that joy all over the planet and trying to help people are in definite need of some healing for their soul. Welcome, Miss Taylor Elena. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am fantastic. And I think we're going to have a fantastic show today. And I think this is going to resonate with a lot of people. So tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Yeah, so I'm Taylor, and I am a shadow work coach and energy healer. So essentially what that means is I help people kind of embrace their dark side um, in order to shine their light. So a lot of times people that are going through like a spiritual awakening or um, that it brings up a lot of anxiety and depression and things like that, um, it also brings up a lot of like trauma from the past, and that can be really, really hard to move through on your own. Um and sometimes traditional therapy um, isn't enough. You know, sometimes you need that spiritual aspect in order to really integrate everything. So that's kind of where I come in is um, most of the clients that I work with either go to therapy or they've been through therapy already, and they're just looking for that more spiritual component to help them through whatever it is that they're going through. So how did you start doing this? Yeah, so um, it's kind of funny how it happened. So before this, I was a professional makeup artist for about eight or nine years. Um, so I was kind of more on the side of like helping people with their external beauty rather than internal beauty. So, um, you know, um, after the pandemic or whatever you want to label it um, happened, that kind of put a damper on my business for um makeup. And so I kind of did some soul searching to really see what my purpose was. And um, I went through my own, you know, journey of shadow work and trying to heal myself and 
getting through, you know, years and years worth of depression and trauma and anxiety. And when I saw how much doing shadow work and, you know, healing the soul and, and doing like energy work really helped heal me, I wanted to help bring this to other people. And so um, I actually went to uh, an ayahuasca retreat um, in Costa Rica, and it helped put me on this path of doing this for others too. So when you were, um, before you started doing this and you were dealing with anxiety and depression, I want to really talk about that as well, because there's so many people nowadays and it seems like, you know, nine and 10 are diagnosed with one or more of those conditions. Was there something specific that happened that caused yours, um, that you discovered through this work or, um, have you found that whole purpose yet? Yeah. So, um, I was diagnosed with, I had anxiety, um, since as long as I could remember, it, it probably wasn't diagnosed until I was older, but I just remember being a child and always like being in fear, like being scared to speak up and ask for like a glass of water. You know, I was always in this constant state of just fear of people. And then, um, around when I was 12, I think that's when I kind of got into uh, depression. I was very depressed. My parents um, went through, well, so my mom and my stepdad were together since I was three. And then my dad and my um, stepmom were together when I was three, but then they both went through a divorce when I was about 12 or 13 at the same time. So that's kind of what catapulted my, um, my depression. And then I was getting bullied a lot. Um, I was just, I was really not in a good place. You know, my dad wasn't really around. And, um, so I went through, you know, sexual assault and there was just a whole bunch of things that kind of just piled up on top of each other. Um, that really just threw me into a depression state. And I was really in that state until about, I was maybe like 25. So from like 12 to 25, I was just in the dark, like contemplating suicide, you know, just not in a good place mentally. So in the, with the anxiety that you experienced, was there something that triggered that in your past? Like, uh, the, the fear of speaking up and all of that, was it, you know, the way that you were raised in the household or, um, was there something else? Yeah. So I think that just came from, so a lot of this stuff too can be passed down through um, like your, I don't, I guess you can say genetics, but I would say like ancestral trauma or like, mm -hmm. um, you know, generational trauma. And so I think a lot of the anxiety came from that. Um, Cause when my parents had me, they were like 19 and 20. So they were really young. So I think um, when I did my ayahuasca journey, I discovered that the reason I was so, um, you know, meek and just soft-spoken and didn't really speak up for myself is because it came from me feeling all the panic and, and the fear of my young mother, you know, being in her womb and all of that energy kind of imprinted in me from the get-go, you know, mm -hmm. and then, um, you know, my dad wasn't really uh, the nicest person, you know, he was kind of an alcoholic and, and not really nice to my mom when he would get drunk and stuff. So that obviously kind of imprints more fear and, and things like that. And so, um, I think that's kind of where it started. Um, but then just as I got older, um, you know, it was other things that would trigger it. 
just, you know, so it, it was mostly social anxiety. Yeah. And I, it's so important to have this discussion because there are so many people uh, that struggle with that. Uh, they struggle with face-to-face -face communication. And, and so that's why a lot of people use social media because they're afraid to have those, you know, personal contact or personal conversations with people, uh, fear of judgment, you know, whatever the case may be. And our society is so, um, it has grown so much in the realm of, you know, the mental diagnosis, if you want to say, you know, where, where everybody's got depression and anxiety and they're looking for positive reinforcement from other people by spending time on social media. And then, of course, when you do that, you're also letting in a lot of negative. Yeah. Because there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of bad, um, on why I tell everybody, like, I don't do social media in the mornings ever because I don't want it to set the tone for the day. So tell me, like, was it just the ayahuasca trip um, that, that made you realize there are things in your past that you needed to confront or was it a couple of different things? So I would say before I went and did ayahuasca, I had done um, a bunch of my own shadow work. So it was just a lot of like deep self-exploration, like meditation, a lot, a lot of journaling, you know, really um, asking myself why I am the way that I am and mm -hmm. trying to pinpoint where, you know, all of this comes from. And so through just like being really brutally honest with myself, because that's the thing too, is like in order to heal, you have to be really, really honest with yourself about what mm -hmm. part of your journey is, you know, I don't like to say done to you, but has been like occurrences that have happened, you know, in your life mm -hmm. or what part you have in your own suffering too. Because, um, you know, through my depression and anxiety, I would keep perpetuating the same stories over and over and over again. And I, I just stayed in this victim mindset where, you know, all of this stuff was done to me. It was done to me. It was done to me. But when I started, you know, really getting into the spiritual aspect of everything, um, you know, I believe in soul contracts. And so when I started looking at some of the more, you know, awful things that did go on in my life um, as, you know, soul contracts, then it helped me be able to heal and recognize that some of this was for my soul's um, own growth and evolution. And so when I say soul contract, what I mean by that is um, before, like in my belief system, before we come here to earth, our souls, um, they obviously have a different awareness, right? Than what we have here on earth. And so our souls come down to earth to learn lessons, to learn lessons, to grow, to expand, to raise us to the next level of consciousness. And so um, we get together with other souls or other pieces of souls. And, um, you know, usually we run with kind of the same group of souls throughout each lifetime. Sometimes it differs, um, but we go to different souls and we're like, Hey, I want you to be my dad in this lifetime. And I want you to teach me, you know, how to love myself. And, um, this is how you're going to do it. And so from up there in this higher perspective, it doesn't sound painful, right? It sounds like they're doing you a favor, but when you come down to earth and there's that, that like veil of forgetfulness, then we forget, you know, why we're here. We don't know why we're here. And we have to go through that whole journey and that whole process of discovering that because that of that journey in and of itself um, 
is healing. And then, you know, doing that own discovery work is where your, um, your soul starts to expand. And so, um, so yeah, that, that aspect of it really helped me, um, shift some of my perspectives on how the stories and things that I was telling myself. I think it's important that you brought up, um, what your role is as far as past traumas and, and things like that. And people do that, um, you know, for lack of better word with me, you know, why does everything awful happen to me mindset, um, which pulls all that negative into your life. And it like, it feeds off of that. And you cannot break the cycle of things until lies, oh, I shouldn't be doing this. Okay, this incident happened, and how am I going to be better or do better in the future? I'm not going to talk about it all the time myself in that. Uh, that I think that's so important for people. To yeah, and I think um, the most important part, too, is I think a lot of times people, when they're trying to heal, um, they often replay scenarios in their head over and over and over again, you know, looking for ways they could have done things differently or looking for ways that, you know, um, this this could have gone better or whatever the case is. or um, And that in and of itself, looking for like those new pieces of information or looking for a new way to have done something is actually what keeps people stuck because it keeps you in that same story and that, that same narrative when in order to heal, you actually need to get out of the mind and into your body. So what I mean mm -hmm. by that is in order to heal, you have to actually feel the energy of the emotion. And to do that, you have to separate the story from the actual emotion. So it's not, you know, I'm feeling this anger because X, Y, Z. It's, it's like, okay, I'm feeling this anger. It's here in my body. I'm going to sit, be present with it. I'm going to take in deep breaths, pay attention to where it's sitting in your body. And then when you pay attention to where it's sitting in your body, um, you know, keep bringing yourself back to the present moment because your mind will start to drift and be like, okay, I'm angry because, you know, my mom didn't let me do this, you know, when I was 16 or whatever the case is. And it's like, nope, bring yourself back to just the energy of the anger. And when you breathe into that and allow it to be there, it naturally will just start to transmute because that's all that those emotions are looking. They're looking to be healed. And sometimes the way for those emotions to present themselves is by, you know, showing you the story. So in order to break that cycle, you have to separate the story from the emotion. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. I totally understand that. So explain um, kind of a little of what shadow work is and how people can achieve that. Yeah. Yeah. So essentially what shadow work is. So I guess we'll start with what the shadow is. And so we all have shadow bits of us. And essentially what that is, is when we're younger, um, when we grow up in life, um, if we show anger or throw like a temper tantrum and our parents yell at us or scold us, then we're taught that anger is bad. And so we're going to take that, those angry parts and shove them below in our subconscious, or we're going to, you know, beat ourselves up every time we get angry. And so that breaking off of that piece of you is um, creating your shadow. And so every time, you know, you're told that something is bad, then you recognize that as a threat to your survival, right? So it's either a threat to your your security or need for belonging, you know, uh, your safety, whatever it is. And 
once your brain says, this is a threat to my survival, then I'm going to shove this away and make sure that I never show these, um, you know, characteristics again. But just because they're shoved away doesn't mean they don't come out in other, you know, unhealthier kind of means. And so if you're a person that suppresses your anger or you've been taught that anger is bad, you're going to wait until things build up and build up and build up and build up. And then, you know, um, you're going to be in line getting your Starbucks coffee and the guy's going to forget your straw and then you're going to explode on him. And you're like, okay, well, where the heck did that come from? You know, that doesn't make any sense. And so the little things that irritate you or set you off, they're usually triggers that, um, are pointing you to a deeper, um, a deeper reason. So usually the things that we get mad at from the day to day isn't really about that thing. It's about something deeper. It's about that shadow aspect of you. Um, it's pretty much begging to be acknowledged or, you know, um, kind of just integrated into you. And so what shadow work is, it's that process of bringing those shadow bits of you to the surface into the light, out of the darkness. So you can learn how to properly integrate it into your whole being. Um, Because when these bits of your shadow are fragmented off of you, it takes away your power of um, free will. And it, it kind of fragments your soul, which makes you a little bit easier to like control or manipulate or to kind Mm -hmm. of just blindly follow. And so a lot of this is done on purpose, you know, through the media, through, you know, um, religion, right. our upbringings, all those kinds of things. So when somebody is fragmented and they're not in their whole soul being, then they have the illusion of free will, but they themselves are not acting out of a place of wholeness. So they're not making the best choices for themselves. So when you do shadow work, you're bringing those pieces to the surface so you can become whole again and you can reclaim your spiritual sovereignty, you know, your personal freedom and, you know, the list kind of goes on. Um, Is that, does that kind of explain it? (laughs) It does. And you know, there, there's two things that, um, you said that I really want to have people think about some people can't um, identify with the anger part, but frustration. Mm. Oh, she left. He left the toilet seat up. Oh, the toilet paper rolls on the wrong way. Oh, the ice maker threw. And it's that buildup of frustration. And there is something so much deeper about what caused that frustration And for a lot of people, I think it resorts back to um, like a time in their childhood where uh, like maybe they have siblings and you're frustrated because uh, the parents show favoritism to one child over another. I know that happened in my family. And so I had to get over uh, that frustration issue. It's like, why am I not as important? you know, as my sibling is. And so um, it took me a long time to realize that, you know, the emotions that were much, much deeper things. And I think a lot of people too, um, relationship things and why they're always pulling in, you know, negative, Uh, harmful relationships and they do it over and over and over again and it keeps happening until they learn that and learn how to break that cycle yeah and kind of 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was going to say, and the and the, I'm really glad that you brought up the part of soul and you know how, the media and everybody playing a role in that. I think that is so imperative, um, even to the day. And I am one that ooh, is not a fan of medication. I'm a nurse. And mm -hmm. I also taught medical school and medications are not my favorite thing because it does the same thing. It it's your, your entire personality and your um, blase about everything like us on a lot of the meds and will just like dope you up to the point where you and you won't look for a way out. So the, the media, the, you know, medical and real complex, you know, the powers that be, politicians, all of those people have a huge hand in uh, control over people and their, and their souls because people haven't learned how to heal them. Yeah. And that part is so important because a lot of times people run to medication to fix them. And, um, yes, medication is just another bandaid, right? It's just, it's still suppressing yes. that shadow aspect of you. That's you're not allowing it to come to the surface and you can't mm -hmm. heal something if it's still numbed or suppressed or left in the dark. And, and there was I think something that's so important because yeah. look at how many people now are on medication for depression or depression and anxiety which those two meds completely opposite they do totally different things you know yeah and one's a downer and like your body is constantly fighting because it doesn't know what to do and so when you've got the meds fighting each other and then you've got your emotions you know trying to come in, in different ways and and you haven't figured out what the root cause of things is that's a problem it's yeah. a real problem that makes people worse yeah and one of the things too is one of the things that I, I try to explain to people is a lot of times like anxiety and depression and things like that are they're diagnosed as these larger diseases but they're actually still just symptoms of something bigger mm -hmm. and Every, whether it's like anxiety, depression, a physical ailment, they all have an emotional root cause to them. And they're basically just your trauma expressing them in a more physical way to direct your attention towards what needs to be healed. And so um, mm -hmm. one of the things, like kind of going back to the meds thing, I was on antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds for, you know, a couple of years. And while I was on them, like, it just like, I was a very highly creative person, like did music, you know, always painting and drawing and things like that, but it completely turned off that creative part of my brain. And I couldn't write music exactly. for a good two years, the whole time that mm -hmm. I was on it. Like I couldn't bring myself to write music or do the things that I loved, but I didn't feel that pain anymore, you know? And so it's like, what's the trade-off? You're going to trade off all of the things that you love to just not feel that pain for a period of time when- mm -hmm what what society should be teaching people is learning tools on how to sit with those emotions how to not run away from them because yes they're they're hard but when you're feeling those emotions 
you have to tell yourself, this is not unsafe. This is just uncomfortable. And that's one of the phrases that I repeat to myself on a daily basis, especially because in the line of work that I do, I'm dealing with other people's really dark emotions. And so Mm -hmm. when I'm feeling them from them, I have to be like, okay, don't escape from your body. Don't go up into your upper three chakras to run away. Come back into the body. You are safe. This is a safe environment. You're just uncomfortable. Sit in that discomfort. Mm-hmm. Let yourself be fucking uncomfortable. Sorry, I don't know if you curse on your yeah. show. Yeah. It comes out when I get passionate. <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely fine. And I think yeah. what you said there on the head because obviously you're an imp- mm-hmm. because you feel other people's emotions. And it's so, um, it's sometimes it's difficult to explain that to people. Like, what you mean by being an empath and, and feeling other people's emotions or feeling other, you know, sicknesses or, or whatever the case may be. It's, it's a lot of work. And you have to really center and ground yourself, like you said, so that that doesn't take over your personality and your body. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the most important things like that I've learned on my journey because I've been an empath since forever, you know, you're kind of just born that way. And, um, I, yeah. And so I never understood like why I felt everything so intensely and it would, and I think that's one of the things that kind of fed into my depression and anxiety a bit too, especially with social anxiety. You know, um, I was scared to be around people because I was scared to feel all of these different things and I didn't know where they were Mm -hmm. coming from. Um, and so I would always, dissociate and try to escape from my body. But the most healing thing that I have learned as an empath is learning how to ground myself in my body, being present in my body, you know, um, exercising, like it sounds like so simple, but exercising in yoga has been amazing for, for me to just be able to be in the present moment. And, um, as I've kind of gone through this spiritual journey, my empathic gifts kind of shifted into something else. And so when I heal or when I go through the process and guiding people on how to heal themselves, I could usually feel like directly in my body where they hurt. So if I'm connected to somebody's energy and they have knee pain, my knee will start hurting Same. and I have to run. <laughs> Do you t- get that too? I yeah. Get yeah. That too. Yep. And it's, yeah. So, so you weird. know, exactly. Yeah, people have heard me talk about this before, but I have, like, a really good friend, um, and he has Crohn's disease. Yeah. And every time he has a flare-up, I feel his symptoms, and I, Mm -hmm. okay, do you need anything for feeling good right now? And he's like, that's so freaky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is kind of funny. freaky, but at least you you can identify when you say, I know what you're going through. I feel what you're going through. You really mean it. Yeah, yeah, you really mean it. <laughs> yeah, and it's um, it's it's interesting, too, because I've noticed in my work, and maybe you've noticed, too, like um, I've noticed in a lot of my clients, but also just my everyday, like, friends and, and whatever – like a lot of times the things that they're going through on a more personal level is a reflection of some of the stuff that still needs to be healed within myself. So mm-hmm. for instance, um, one of my clients was going through um, like jealousy, like 
like suppressed feelings of jealousy, like trying to figure out where they're going, like where it's coming from. And I'm like, like I was meditating and all of a sudden the word jealousy just like popped up in my head and I felt like this tinge of jealousy just like in my mm -hmm. heart. And I was like, where the heck did that just come from? <laughs> and as I dove deeper into it, I'm like, okay, this initially isn't mine, but it's coming to me for a reason. So I can actually look at that within myself too. And so right. it's kind of interesting because the world is your mirror reflection. And so the things mm -hmm. that bother you or the things that come to you, they're meant for you to transmute and to, to heal and to take a deeper look at as well. And I wholeheartedly agree with that because I'm one that always says um, you draw people to you when you need them or when they need you. And so just some sharing um, a personal story or me or whatever uh, sometimes can bring something up and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, that's another thing that I'm supposed to be focusing on and working on. And I don't think, um, you know, I, I think we're ever changing and ever growing and always something uh, that we need to work on or improve on to get better and to keep. And I think what you do is so important because, you know, the Bible even talks about healing yourself so that you can help heal others. Yeah. And that's exactly what you do. And, you know. Um, the work that you do as a healer, that's a God-given gift. So, you know, you're very blessed. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. <laughs> of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I noticed that the deeper I go within my own healing path and the more I heal myself, the more space I'm able to heal for, or I'm able to hold for other people too. So it's almost like that leading by example. Like we can preach at people all day long that you should heal yourself but until people see you actually doing it and walking the walk instead of just talking the talk then they're going to start to look at you and be like oh oh snap like look at her go like she was depressed and you know crying every day and now she's glowing I want to do what she's doing you know and mm -hmm. and people they like to see before they jump into things and so I think like for me personally if I wasn't healing myself you know people would get that vibe and they would be like, okay, well, I'm not going to take advice from you because, you know, you're not actually healing yourself. You're just, you're trying to heal other people from this place of, you know, um, whatever unhealedness or whatever you want to call it. A mm hundred. -hmm. Now you mentioned earlier about journaling. Tell mm -hmm. people what that is. I've suggested that to, to a lot of people, but tell people about the journaling. Yeah. So journaling is such a beautiful tool for, you know, self-discovery and getting to know yourself and kind of just getting to the root cause of things. And so there's a couple different ways you can go about journaling. There's actually, there's so many different ways you can go about journaling, but um, one of the ways that I like to journal um, is something called like a stream of consciousness. And so basically what you do is you have like a set of questions that you're going to ask yourself or you want to ask your subconscious or whatever the case is, um, your higher self. And you set the intention to answer this question. You go into kind of like a, like a meditative state. You do a couple deep breaths and then you have this question, say it's like, um, you know, what's the root cause of my frustration? 
And so you do some deep breaths and then the first words that come to your mind, you just write them down and you don't pick up your pen from the paper until you feel like you're finished. And so it's like this process of just letting whatever is in your subconscious just come to the front because even if it doesn't make sense or it's not full sentences or it's not like there's not going to be perfect punctuation and there's half the time like I'm looking at it I'm like I don't even know what the heck this says but it's so cathartic because you're getting out that energy from your subconscious but you're also able to read back and look through it and pick up different patterns of things that you might not be able to pick up in on your everyday life. Um, so that's kind of one method of journaling that I use. Another method is um, I do like gratitude journaling, and then I also do something called scripting. So scripting is more or less for um, kind of manifestation, but um, essentially it's giving thanks to the universe in advance for what it is that you want. So that was one of the the key tools for me in um, healing my anxiety and my depression um, is scripting because it gets you in that vibration of what it is that you want where you're taking in the emotions of the state that you want to be in so i would journal and i would say like dear universe thank you so much for um you know my bright moods and i feel so happy and lucky to be alive you know and you really just channel in that that energy of a better state of mind basically and as you write it it starts to shift your energy from this kind of like darker story into something more positive and more light. Um, and that was one of the key things that helped switch me from, you know, always being like, poor me, poor me, a victim into like being mm -hmm. empowered and being able to make my own choices and, you know, um, stepping into the vibration of just being happy, you know? And the thing mm -hmm. with happiness too, is people, I, I feel like people get happiness, um, kind of like misconstrued because for me when I was depressed like I had this picture of happiness where it's like you're happy all, being happy means you're happy all the time and you feel good all of the time and you know um, you only feel good emotions all of the time but as I started my healing journey I realized happiness just means you're content with where you are right now you're meeting yourself where you are right now no matter what that looks like for you you're accepting your flaws you're accepting who you are as a person, you know, on a deeper level. And even happy people go through depressed emotions. They go through anxiety, but it's the way that they handle them that makes the difference between somebody that's depressed and somebody that's happy. Because I'm still going through, you know, um, states of anxiety or states of, you know, worry or things like that. But I'm able to pull myself out of them because I understand that this is just a temporary emotion versus when I was depressed, mm -hmm. I was like, this is how I'm going to feel forever you know, and so it's having that shift of mindset um, that really helped me. And so the scripting was the kind of the key tool in um, creating that shift. I think it's perfect the way that you said that, because a lot of people with depression and anxiety focus on, um, I'm going to feel this way, I'm always going to be so sad. And, you know, my life is going to be just miserable. And when you do that work on yourself um, and you raise yourself out of that and, like you said, be able to realize that the emotions that you may have in the future are temporary emotions and you can focus on that instead of focusing on the everyday, how awful you feel and all the, all the negative energy that 
things. And I think a lot of people, you know, when you work on your and you get to that realization, um, happy to happiness to me is gratitude, gratitude for literally everything I have, um, you know, and, and for the people that I know, or for, for the people that I meet for the, you know, the day that was created or, you know, just the, and even I am grateful now for dramas and horrific things in my past because they were a stepping stone and um, to who I am and how strong I am and how much better of a person that so yes. I'm even thankful for all of those things. Yeah, and, and people, I think that's so important. People question that. People question that, and they're like, how can you be, you know, grateful or thankful for something terrible that's happened to you? And I'm like, because I'm still here, and I got through yes. it. I know now I don't want to be in that situation ever again. Yeah, and that's so powerful. It's so powerful when you can get to a place like that where it's like, even the things that are quote unquote horrible that happened to me, I still have a place in my heart that holds gratitude for them. And mm -hmm. it sounds crazy to people that, you know, are going through it or that are like, they're like, um, I don't know about that, <laughs> you know, but it's like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, one of the things like the, the shifts in mindset that also helped me kind of be able to hold that gratitude for things that were seemingly bad is the perception of good and bad, right? We're taught that everything is either good or it's bad. And I don't really like to think of things as good and bad anymore. I don't really like to think of like the polarity of that because everything has the potential to have some good in it and some bad in it. And um, right. I think it's when we think in those black and white terms, those very like polarized uh, points of view that keeps us stuck um, because mm -hmm. you're not able to see that there's multiple layers and multiple facets to every single situation and every single occurrence that's, you know, playing out in your life. I, you're a hundred percent right on that. And that, I think that's so important for people to realize, uh, you're going on this journey, but it's people starting out to not think of something as bad. Yeah. Because we were always taught that, right? From a really young age. This is good behavior. This is bad behavior and in between. And there, yeah. you know, uh, different scenarios for, for each thing because what, um, and it's part of judgment too, is what some people think is bad. Um, um, other people may think it's a positive thing. Like people may say, uh, my bad because I'm strong and afraid to speak my mind you know it's people's mm -hmm. perception of I'm very proud to be able to have you know a mind to speak in the first place and to have the backbone to do so yeah so and that's the a lot of it is perception Yes. Yes. Everything is perception. Everything is perception. And, and that's part of shadow work too, is realizing that um, <clears throat> there's so many different ways to look at things, but it's also breaking down your conditioning because we're conditioned mm -hmm. to believe this is good. This is bad. And then 
diving into why do I think this is good? Why do I think this is bad? And, mm-hmm. and um, even questioning the good parts, like questioning what you think is good, not just questioning the bad parts, but it's like, okay, I think that, you know, um, you know, just as an example, I think I was brought up to believe crystal. And so it's like, okay, well, why do I, why do I think that? Why do I have that subconscious belief in my head? Well, because I was taught that it, that it was bad. And then it's like, you have right. to go internally and say, well, do I actually believe that? Like on a soul level? And it's having that honesty with yourself and questioning everything. I think the important thing with shadow work is you have to question everything in order to get down to the root cause and what's been programmed into your subconscious. Um, and I mm-hmm. think a lot of times it's the programmings and the subconscious beliefs that really keep us stuck in, you know, our perception that we're in now. Absolutely. And, you know, when you're talking about Chris, um, we have a good friend in common and, you know, he, he is very big into them, but that's, that's another thing is, um, every person is the same, not the same kind of healing or the same kind of work. Um, and so that's another another thing with the perception is that you know were brought up to think that they were a fantastic thing, and it works for them and it works for their personality and that's where um, I think a lot of people use because they're learning that you know crystal is earth and they're part of the earth and part of the energy of the earth to help us to heal. So I think a lot of people are are seeing that. So tell me um, your process when somebody comes to you and needs help. Yeah. So um, basically what I have going on now is kind of like a three-month long process. So month one is basically we map out all of your, um, excuse me, we map out all of your, you know, everything that you are looking to change, right? So we go through and we map out, you know, your family line, what your mom's been through, what your dad's been through, what you've been through. um, And we trace that all the way up to like your great, great grandparents. And we take a look at your physical symptoms, you know, your, your, what's going on in your body. We take a look at, you know, your emotional symptoms. We take a look at, you know, your relationships with people and we map out all these different things that are going on in your life to create an overview of what is happening in your world. And then from that map, I'm able to pick out all these different patterns. I'm able to pick out what your programming is, what you've been conditioned to believe. And then we go into that and, you know, I ask series of questions to be able to kind of get them to make their own connections. Like, I don't ever like to just tell someone flat out, like you're this way because of this. Like, I want you to figure that out because that's part of the self-discovery process. Um, Mm -hmm. And so once we get down to those questions and we get down to the root cause of what it is that's keeping you in this state that you're in, we go into month two and we do a process of energy work. So it's a combination of energy work. Um, something called, um, I do a lot with like hemi sinking, um, of the brain, which it's kind of like this, um, there's like a ball on the screen and it'll go like back and forth, back and forth. And, um, I play music that 
goes along and kind of triggers some of those memories of that root cause to bring up those emotions because music is such a powerful tool in connecting you to your emotions. Um, mm-hmm. And it was, it was, a, it was a powerful tool for me um, because once, when you, when you're used to suppressing your emotions, it's really, really hard to bring them back up and allow them back up. Like there's times in my life where I wanted to cry so bad and I just couldn't because it was suppressed so, so deep, but then I would listen to this song and then it would just bring everything up. And so I've taken that practice and integrated it into this. So the first couple sessions in, um, month two is going through that process and bringing those emotions to the surface. And then after that, um, I teach you how to be in your body. So I teach you different techniques, different tools to keep you grounded and centered in this present moment. So you can be present with those emotions. So you can move through that energy. So you can have a healthy way to sit in that discomfort so you can move to the next level of consciousness. And then after we go through that process, I take my clients through what is called soul, uh, soul retrieval. And so I do a soul retrieval session where we go to the place of the root cause. And um, we go through kind of like a shamanic journey. And basically what that is, it's um, taking you through different pathworks in your mind. Um, and uh, you use your spirit guides and your power animals and things like that to kind of guide you on this journey. And it guides you to those fragmented pieces of your soul that were broken off. And then we take them back, take them back into this world. And then we sit there and we integrate them. And then after that integration process, um, we go into month three. So basically we've cleared out that root cause We've integrated that piece of your soul and all the gifts that it has um, back to your body. And then month three is basically just planting new seeds, right? It's it's calling in all the things that you want to bring into your life. It's, it's that um, we start with like the scripting and I teach you how to manifest and I teach you how to, um, you know, maybe some like more magical practices um, on, on how to like call energy and balance your energy and things like that. So it goes from this process of basically mapping, clearing out your spiritual basement and closet. So that way you have new soil to plant these new seeds and actually call in all of the beautiful things that you want in your life. And one of the reasons why people have a hard time calling in more positive things in their life is because of that root cause or because of that, um, those, stagnant things that are in their spiritual closet or their spiritual basement. And so um, once you're able to clear that out, manifestation just becomes like second nature. And that's kind so of a, have, that's kind of the process. So have you ever um, run across, across a client um, that they need a longer period of time to only realize what what it is that they need to heal and get in touch with those emotions and those in fear. Yeah. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yep. So a lot of times, like, so I have an application process and usually I can tell um, based off of how somebody answers questions, like if they're ready to take a look at their blockages. Cause a lot of times when somebody has a block that takes a really long time to get to, it's usually because it's not ready to be healed. And so, mm-hmm. um, by forcing someone to look at something, they're not ready to heal. That can be right. very damaging or it could be, um, just not 
the move. So that's why I have a screening process beforehand. Um, if I feel like, you know, they were ready and then they're kind of at a standstill where they're not able to see their block or they're not wanting to see their block, then we kind of have some conversations where it's like, okay, are you ready to do this? Do you actually want to to move forward and let go of this? You know, and then I ask them, okay, well, looking at this block, what are you afraid that you're going to see? You know, because a lot of times it's, they're afraid of losing a piece of themselves because they don't know who they are without that trauma, right? And so right. it's showing them that there's something so much greater underneath all that trauma. You're able to let it go and you're, you know, you want this for yourself. You can let that person out. And so um, sent a person scenario. Um, if I do have a client where it's, I can tell that it's going to take longer, you know, I'll let them know and be like, look, this is going to take longer than three months. You know, we're on month two and there's still a lot more clearing that needs to be done. Um, so we're going to take this second month and we're just going to, you know, clear it out. If you want to extend it and go into, you know, another month where you want to do the seed planting and things, then we can totally do that. But I'm always transparent with people. You know, I, I never tell somebody that I can help them with something that I know I can't. Mm -hmm. Now tell, tell people. is. Yeah. So seed planting is basically just taking, um, you know, a desire or a thought or an idea that, or your dream, or maybe something that, you know, within your soul, that's true that you want to bring into your life. So say, uh, we'll just say, for example, say you want, um, like a conscious partnership or you want to bring romance into your life. So we would need to plant that seed in order for the romance to blossom into your life. And so when I mean plant the seed, it's bringing up and finding ways to incorporate romance into your life while you're single. So that's focusing on self-love. That's focusing on becoming the partner that, you know, holds the kind of partnership that you want to be in. And, um, you know, or if you're trying to bring in more money, it's like focusing on what it is that your soul is meant to do in order to bring in that money um, for money to come in. Like, are you hanging on to jobs that aren't serving you and that's blocking, you know, um, more money from coming in? Or are you hanging on to, you know, certain beliefs or, you know, whatever the case is. So it's like, after we've cleared that out, now it's, we have to put in that new energy so you can flourish. And so we do that by, um, I do different like cer ceremonial works or uh, candle magic. Um, a lot of times we do um, like scripting, kind of like what I talked about before. Um, there's a lot of different ways you can kind of like plant the seeds, but it's just like putting that idea or that like that thought or that um, the idea that you can have this manifestation and planting it in your brain essentially or your auric field. Right. And one of the things that you mentioned before um, was magic. That is enough. People have a very big misconception of because it yeah. doesn't hurt to dark arts or, you know, demonology or you were taught growing up. Um, so it well, is not an evil in the yeah talking about yeah magic essentially is just intention right so magic is taking energy taking your intention and 
being able to manifest it into like a more tangible thing. So magic can be whatever you want it to be. There's magic in everything, right? Magic is there can be, you could find magic in nature. There's so much magic in nature and magic is more just a feeling. It's a feeling and it's an energy that you um, cultivate and um, kind of uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess cultivate and, and grow essentially. And then there's different ways and methodologies that you can do that. You can use like candles, you can use crystals, you can use, you know, certain words or, um, you know, music, or there's so many different things that you can do to produce that energy to make it into physical reality. And that's essentially what magic is. I mean, I mean, in the sense that I practice it. That's, I was just going to say, um, because people that have heard me be- know that I talk about all the time like the power of positivity mm-hmm. and how that positive energy will bring more positive things to you yes that is basically the same exact thing yeah only not using the word magic it's using the word positivity or positive energy but it's the same thing it doesn't yeah. mean that something dark and and to me like uh, the focus on a very good attitude, positive things, our energy type beings, when we positive energy, we pull positive energy to us. When we're focused on the negative and the dark aspect of everything, that's what gravitates to us. And so people that get stuck in that uh, eternal cycle of, you know, oh my what else can go wrong? Seriously, I've had the worst day. It's been one thing after another, after another. And that's what mindset that stuck in. Feelings and those emotions. And that's something that's inside of you that you need to work on. Because if that is the only your day, or, you know, when I mention... Uh, how people get so frustrated because of the ice cube maker. Yeah. Now it's funny to me if goes berserk and spits ice or the tile floor. I laugh because I have to bend down to pick it up, and of course I never can grab it, and so it's shooting across the floor. So to me, I took that, you know, frustration and that uh, irritable experience. And turned it into something positive where now I'm like, me. Yeah. And, and, and that's magic too. Yeah. That like, exactly. that transmutation is a form of magic too. It's like mm-hmm. magic is, you know, amplifying energy, but it's also transmuting something that's, you know, looked at as negative and turning it into something positive. Mm-hmm. And, and you had mentioned before, which I think this is important for a lot of people too, um, about jobs, holding on to jobs that are not beneficial to them or not not good for them. And how many people are stuck in jobs where uh, they get anxious when they pull mm-hmm. in the parking lot and they're like, oh, I hate this job. I hate going in here. I can't quit because I need this job or I can't look because I need this job. Mm-hmm. If your job is making you feel terrible, if a relationship is making you terrible, change it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's 100%. easy to do. 
it just focus, I think. And like he said earlier, the willingness to want to mm-hmm. heal and to change because if you if you're still focused on <coughs> believing this is not going to work what else can do to help fix me you're not going to get it 100% everything's in everything that you believe to be true so if you be- mm-hmm. believe to be true that you're going to be broken and sad and depressed for the rest of your life you can bet damn sure you're going to be but if you allow yourself to have even just like a little glimmer of hope. I tell people sometimes if you're in a deep, dark place, allow yourself to be fucking delusional. It sounds delusional Mm -hmm. to be like, there's hope. I'm going to feel better one day, you know, when you're in a place like that, but it's okay to allow yourself to be a little delusional in that sense where it's like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to have my dream job one day, even if you're in a job that you hate right now, it's, Mm -hmm. allowing yourself to dream just a little bit or have a a touch of delusion because you're creating a pathway for something new to wiggle its way in and break up some of that stagnant energy. Um, There was something you said about, um, you know, holding on to the job that creates anxiety and, um, you know, thinking I need this job to pay my bills or keep me alive or whatever the case is. I think a lot of that too, like people hanging on to relationships and jobs and things that aren't aligned with them, um, comes from a lack of trust. It comes from a lack mm-hmm. of trust in themselves. It comes from a lack of trust in the universe or God or whatever you want to label it. Um, and it right. just comes from a lack of trust that things can get better. And so one affirmation that kind of, um, helped me kind of shift my trust was, um, it was more, anytime I was in a negative state where I'm like, oh, it's just one thing after another, after another, like this day is never ending. Like, why is all this shit happening to me? I was like, okay, universe, show me how it gets better. And when you say that repeatedly, when something not good is happening, show me how it gets better. Show me how it gets better. You're opening up a new pathway for the universe to bring something Mm -hmm. else to you. And so, um, by just opening that little pathway up, it gives you a chance to shift. So then maybe the next thing that happens gives you a break, right? It gives you a break in that energy and it stops that negative momentum. So you can come to a place of neutrality. And when you're in a place of neutrality, that's honestly the best place that you can be because there is no momentum there. And so you can Mm -hmm. take the momentum in any direction that you want from a place of neutrality. And so that's essentially what that affirmation does. It just brings you to a neutral place so you're not snowballing backwards. You're not snowballing in any sort of direction. Um, and then another thing to kind of build trust in yourself is making little decisions. Like I feel like a lot of times people that have anxiety, they are very indecisive, right? They they have a hard time picking a right. place to eat or it takes them right. like 20 minutes to what pick a nail polish wear? color. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah, I was that person. <laughs> it took me like <laughs> 20 minutes to make a damn decision. I'm like, I'm wasting so much of my mental energy trying to make a damn decision because I don't trust myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, one of the, the most powerful things, it's one of the most simple things you can do, but it's very powerful, is give yourself, you know, the next time you're going out to eat or the next time you're trying to pick a movie on Netflix or whatever the case is, give yourself a time limit. Give yourself 30 seconds or a minute. And the first thing that comes to your mind, that's what you're choosing. Don't second guess. Mm-hmm. Just the first thing that comes to mind and pick it. And then go with it. And then notice that 
it wasn't the end of the world. You know, even if the movie sucked and it wasn't something that you enjoyed watching, at least you made a decision, right? At least you made something decisive for yourself. And um, it's like, okay, I made this shitty choice, but guess what? I have the power to change it now. I can pick a new movie. Right. I could pick a new place to eat the next time. And it, and when you look at things as a learning experience, instead of, oh, this is the wrong decision, that becomes right. a big shift too. Yeah. Right. And I think um, for a lot of people, they can trusting your gut. You know, mm -hmm. and when you when you go to make a decision and the first thing that pops into your head, not saying that's just a great place to eat, but I'd, everybody lives somewhere different. Like the first thing is Burger King, mm -hmm. then Burger King. Yes. Not telling people eat Burger King. Just so we can't, just so we're clear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's more and, the principle. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or if, if your gut is telling you, um, like, I stay away from that person. Believe in yourself and have faith. And I want to put this, um, what you said about trust, in uh, Bible terms for people to understand that, you know, have God and, and belief in God. Like, uh, God has the best path for you, and he knows what and so us as humans having free will we can go oh but there's this shiny thing over here and I really want to go over here and do this because that's what I want to do and, yeah. they, and they go over to this path problem after problem or uh, like Brandon from Expanding Reality likes to say speed bumps in the road um, and you hit all of these things that, that make that journey difficult, that is because you're supposed to be put back or led back to God because he knows what path you should be on. And if people trust themselves enough and they can heal themselves enough, just like you were able to do, where you can read gifts are, Mm -hmm. then you can put those gifts to use doing good in other people. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the thing is, is I never saw myself as a healer. I never saw myself teaching people about spirituality. Like when I was younger, I wanted to be a singer and uh, a, mu a musician, or I wanted to be a hairdresser or I wanted to be a makeup artist. Like, um, so it's funny because when you follow those little niggles, those little like inklings that the the universe gives you, it, it'll give you those subtle little things to just follow. And when you decide, mm -hmm. you know what, what's the worst that can happen if I follow this? You know, I make a mm -hmm. mistake and then I turn around, you know? And so I made the decision that, you know what, no matter how crazy it seems, I'm just going to trust what the universe is telling me to do. This is freaking scary um, because, you know, I grew up and I was terrified of freaking everything and I didn't trust myself. And I was like, you know what, but I've been doing this for so long and been doing the same thing over and over again and nothing's getting better. So why yeah. not try something different? You know, why not try right. something different? And was I scared shitless trying something different? Of fucking course I was, I was terrified, but guess what? I did it terrified. I said, you know what? I'm going to just buckle up. I'm going to be scared. That's just how it's going to be. It's fine, but I'm going to do it anyways. And so when you give yourself permission to just do something scared and do it anyways, 
so much can happen. It opens up mm -hmm. so many doors, you know, and um, it's really beautiful. Like most people are afraid of the unknown. And um, I was one of those people where I was very scared of the dark, very afraid of the unknown. But through this healing journey, I actually really enjoy the unknown now. I like what possibilities could be hiding in the dark because everything that's hiding in the dark isn't bad. You know, sometimes that's where some of your most magical moments are hiding. They're in that unknown, that space of the unknown. Yeah. And that's, you know, going back to how a lot of people don't want to quit their jobs. Um, even though it's something that they really, really don't like and that makes them feel terrible. They're afraid to take that chance and, and to uh, try a new opportunity and to basically jump off the deep end you know, and, and see what happens more times than not when you leave something that makes you feel um, so awful internally and, and you do something to make a, a different choice in so many amazing ways. And it's things that you never were possible that it's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Like we're so conditioned though, like throughout our life to, well, this is what you have to do and you can't stay from that path. And, you know, don't ever uh, leave a job unless you have another one line with your passions, you know, work, 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 work. And, and so it's like pounding into our brains of what should yeah. be expected us, what should be expected of us. But I think when we break a pattern and get in that of doing things that are unexpected, that's when the most amazing things occur. 100%. I could not agree more. It's, it's, it's crazy because looking back at myself five years ago, I was a completely, like you wouldn't recognize me. I was a completely different person. My energy was different. The way I presented myself was different. So I like to tell people if I can do it, of all people, you can too, because I was living in my depression. I was scared of everything. You know, I was drinking, I was partying, I was doing drugs. I was, you know, such a flaky person in, and I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust the world around me. I had so much trauma, like holding me back. So if I, me out of all people can do it, I have faith that you can do it too, because I was in a place of real, real, real darkness, just mindset wise. And I, mm -hmm. I still sometimes can't believe it. I'm like, how did I go from that to this? Like, it still blows my mind every day and I'm so grateful for it, but it's like, you know, if you really want something, you can do it. And I know that's like a cliche, but if you really but stay it, on the path, yeah, but it's true. It's true. If you really, really, really want something, you know, it's not going to be easy, but you could make it happen. I think that what you said is so beautiful because uh, look at you now. You're smiling. <laughs> you're radiant. Yeah. You're glowing. You yeah. know, I think a lot of people just have that block up, you know, things are no better and why would I so why would I have a higher purpose? Because what is what do people say all the time? 
mm-hmm. I'm not worthy. But yeah. everybody is, and everybody's capable of making that change and, you know, confronting your feelings and forgiving yourself for even thinking some of the things mind, you know, yeah. in the past. And, and I say that because um, a lot of people I know, like, they have a lot of trouble with relationships and, and things because of the way that they were brought up and their mm-hmm. homes maybe uh, wasn't a very loving home. Their parents weren't affectionate. Um, and up with that mindset that, you know, I'm not good enough and why doesn't anybody love me? And that's what pulls you to all those, you know, bad relationship after bad relationship. So everybody has the capability inside of them to make their life better. Yeah. Live every day to be. 100%. And the thing is, is nobody else can make your life better except for you. You know, you can Mm -hmm. go to people to help point you in that direction, but ultimately it's you that has to do the work. It's you that has to sit through, through your feelings. It's you that has to put in this effort. You know, you can have guides or you can have information that points you in that direction, but ultimately all the power lies within you. You just have to be able to trust yourself enough, just enough, just a little bit, you know, just muster up a little bit of trust in yourself that you can do that. And, you know, the universe, when you commit to that path, the universe will put the people to show you the way on your path. Exactly. So where can people find you out? Yeah. So I am on Instagram mostly. Um, you can find me. It's Taylor Alina, T-A-Y-L-O-R-A-E-L-I-N-A. Um, or you can go to my website. It's lovebytheuniverse.com. Um, and then I also have a podcast that I'm putting out called Spiritual Thoughts, and thoughts is spelled (laughs) T-H-O-T-S. And where can they find that podcast at? Um, They can find it on Spotify, Apple, um, Anchor, I think pretty much anywhere that you can find like a a podcast, I guess. Nice. Um, And do you have a YouTube channel? I do have a YouTube channel uh, updated, but you can look it up and it's uh, Taylor Alina. So I just want to say thank you so, so, so much for coming today and having this conversation with me. Uh, Appreciate it. And it's a a blessing. And I'm grateful for that. So if you had a final message for people, would it be? My final message would just be trust yourself enough that you can make changes. If you really want to change and that's something that you're really adamant about doing, commit to that. Commit to that with passion. Find your why. Find, actually, okay, this is my final message. Scratch that. (laughs) Find, if you want to change, find your why. Find why you want to do it. The why that goes beyond your own personal gain. The why that goes beyond this physical reality. Find why you want to do something and you'll never quit. I think that's absolutely beautiful and such a powerful message. Yeah. And I hope people think about that over and over again until you get to the point where uh, you're ready to make a change and and make positivity 
uh, come out in your life. So yeah. all of us are worthy and everybody should take the time to do it and to live better. And so thank you again for coming today. Uh, for me, I just want to say for people, this is exciting news. I'm so excited about but you can now find me on Roku at the Patriot Podcast. Search for the channel, add it, leave a five-star review. There are 20 different shows on there that you will be able to have 24 hours a day plus live feeds. So make that out. And also, don't forget to go to MyPillow.com. Save up to 66% off with. So for me and for Taylor, we're out. Have a good one, and we'll see you next time.